0: Over the past three Sundays, I have tried to help us better understand some of the key concepts of our faith with regard to the gospel, the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus. We were created good in the image and likeness of God and meant to have dominion over all God had made, but we were ensnared and captured from the beginning by the deceptions of the enemy. We needed a rescue mission from heaven, we needed a redeemer. In the first letter of St. John in chapter 3, we have this very revealing teaching about these matters. Scripture there says, Jesus appeared so as to abolish sin. To live a holy life is to be holy just as he is holy. To lead a sinful life is to belong to the devil. These are very strong words. But the passage goes on to reassure us that Even though we have sinned, we do have a merciful saviour, a rescuer. It says, it was to undo all that the devil has done that the Son of God appeared. In the Old Testament, God's people were in physical slavery in Egypt, and God rescued them through Moses with mighty power, bringing them through the water of the Red Sea, crushing their enemies in the process. This central event in Israel's, in the Israelites' history is celebrated by every Jew each year at Passover. They had been set free by the Lord. However, they were out of Egypt. They were not yet in the Promised Land. They were a free people on their way there through the harsh desert. Even after they were formed as a new free people on the other side of the Red Sea, they were still in danger. Though they were out of Egypt, Egypt was, in a sense, still in them. They weren't slaves, but they still had some of the mentality and wounds of their time in slavery. They were rescued by God, but they still had some way to go before they entered the Promised Land. And all along that way... Over and over again they complained against God, they failed to trust him, they rebelled against him, sinned and even worshipped a golden calf. But though they abandoned God, he did not abandon them. Over and over he provided for their needs, as we hear in the first reading today. In continuity with the Jewish people. For as Jesus says in the Gospel, salvation comes from the Jews. We too have been rescued, spiritually rescued, by the Passover Lamb of God, Jesus. The Israelites were rescued from the physical tyrant, Pharaoh. We are rescued from the great spiritual tyrant, the evil one. We are freed by the Lord and made God's children, though we are not yet in the heavenly promised land of eternal life. On our way through this life, we are still beset by our wounded human nature, still susceptible to the enemy's influence. We are still free, and so we can make terrible choices which lead us away from the Lord and from out under his lordship. But we know that to do that is to step into the enemy's territory of slavery once more. In the spiritual life, There really is no middle ground. But we must hold firm and not submit to the enemy's enticements. We do not need to live in slavery and sin. We do not need to fear anything, not even death. All we need is to remain faithful to the Lord Jesus and to turn back to him should we take steps in the wrong direction or down the wrong paths. Jesus is the risen Lord, and he has accomplished the redemption of the whole world. He is the champion warrior, the new and greater Moses, leading an army of souls to the victory he has already won by his death and resurrection. If we stay close to him and under him, we can be absolutely assured that we too will come through this life and into eternity. As St. Paul puts it in the second reading today, through Christ we have entered this state of grace in which we can boast about looking forward to God's glory. By the outpouring of the Holy Spirit given to us at our baptism, we are already the children of God. and He is a good Father. Jesus' last words on the cross are, It is accomplished meaning the seizing back of control and lordship of this world from the enemy is accomplished. The crushing of death and the taking away of the sins of the world is accomplished. Jesus' mission is accomplished through his death and resurrection. And yet a simple look at the news would suggest that this world doesn't look very redeemed, or that Jesus' victory doesn't seem so great. We still have an awful lot of sin, death, destruction and evil rampant in our world. and This is such a great challenge to our faith in the lordship and victory of Christ. The world today doesn't look that redeemed. But Jesus has in fact won the war and overcome the enemy and sin and death. What he accomplished on Good Friday and Easter Sunday were the last chapter in the story of the struggle between good and evil. But as in some novels the last chapter is followed by an epilogue which serves to tie up any loose ends, so too the Gospel has, in a sense, an epilogue which covers the time we are living in from Christ's ascension into heaven until the day when he comes again in glory. In that period, there are still skirmishes with the enemy who knows that he has been defeated and that he has a small window of opportunity to inflict as much harm as possible before the Lord brings down the curtains on the whole story. Often in war, a defeated and retreating army will slash and burn everything it passes on its retreat so that the victorious army will inherit only ruins And this is the enemy's policy right now. And when a war ends, sometimes there are minefields that were planted in wartime, but which remain active long years after the hostilities have ceased. So long as people don't walk on these minefields, they present no danger. But if you were to walk there, you could very easily do yourself great damage and even get yourself killed. So too in the spiritual life. The war is all but over, but the enemy still has a few tricks up his sleeve and quite a few active spiritual minefields. If we choose to keep close to Christ, we will not have to fear anything. He will direct us, he will guide us, and he will never direct us and guide us towards a minefield of sin. We need not fear nor worry, so long as we fight under the banner of Christ and keep ourselves firmly united to Him and under His authority. We were helpless when we were in our sins, but Jesus Christ has come to our aid. He, our Redeemer, our Rescuer, has changed everything. We are not helpless anymore. We have the Lord of heaven and earth on our side. We have the Holy Spirit in us, dwelling dwelling within us and desiring to abide in us and to empower us. This is no small thing. And we need to face our daily lives with all their many hardships, with a strong faith in that reality. The Lord is with me. The Lord is in me. The Lord is for me. By their free choice, Adam and Eve sold the whole human race into slavery. By his free choice Jesus rescued and redeemed us from that slavery. By our own free choice we are now, each of us, invited to respond, to accept him as the Lord and saviour of our lives so as to remain free. Jesus is the saviour of the world. He is the Lord. The challenge that lies before us is to make him my Lord and Saviour, your Lord and Saviour. To call him Lord means we are submitting ourselves under his will and direction. We take our cue from him. It means we entrust everything to him. We follow his lead. To call him Saviour is to humbly admit we are in need of being saved that we have sinned, messed up, and placed ourselves in the position of being back under the influence of the enemy of our souls in some way. If Jesus is my Lord, then there are places I will not go, things I will not do, choices I will not make, because they run contrary to my dignity as a child of God and contrary to the Lord's teaching. If Jesus is my Saviour, then I will humbly admit my sin, acknowledge where I have gone wrong, and bring those things to him in the great sacrament of confession. But how unfortunate are the days we live in. Many members of the church, though they do declare that Jesus is Lord, they live as though he has nothing to say about the way they should live their lives. And though they do declare him to be Saviour, They have an aversion to letting themselves be saved because they do not acknowledge their sins and have abandoned, sometimes for years, the sacrament of confession. We will now have the opportunity to affirm our faith by renewing our baptismal promises. By these declarations and the sprinkling of the holy water, we are declaring that we want the Lordship of Jesus over us, and all the blessings this will bring with it. So let us renew our baptismal promises right now. Dear brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, let us now renew the promises of holy baptism by which we once renounced Satan and his works and promise, and we promise to serve God in the Holy Catholic Church. And so I ask you, do you renounce sin so as to live in the freedom of the children of God? I do. Do you renounce the lure of evil so that sin may have no mastery over you? I do. Do you renounce Satan, the author and prince of sin? I do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, suffered death and was buried, rose again from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? I do. And may Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us new birth by water and the Holy Spirit and bestowed on us forgiveness of our sins, keep us by his grace, In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for eternal life. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Amen.